we are going to be looking at the last, uh, if, if you would, the last scenes of Jesus's earthly life before he was crucified. Um, a lot of themes pop up in these final three chapters, including um, betrayal, <laughs> arrest, uh, sentencing, and of course, uh, denial and crucifixion, um, and of course, resurrection and things of that nature. Um, we're going to have a discussion today about what it looks like to end well. Um, and and that, is, that is our particular theme today, is, is figuring out what we can learn. Of course, we could spend months and months, if not years, talking about these final three chapters and just the incredible amount of significance uh, that is taking place within these stories. Each one of these stories are huge, big stories. Um, Jesus being anointed at Bethany. The Last Supper, of course, is a, is a key moment in Jesus's ministry. We have Peter denying Christ. We have Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. We have the arrest. We have the sentencing. There is so much going on. Um, today, we are going to be taking a perspective at what does it look like to end and close things out, um, and how does that influence our lives right now here today? Um, and to help paint a picture before our discussion, uh, we actually are going to watch a movie this morning, Disney in Technicolor, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't heard the word Technicolor in a long time or ever, it's because this video is from 1934, um, which is, uh, it's an oldie but a goodie, if I can say that. Um, you may or may not have seen this before, but this is what's going to drive the discussion. Um, I don't have much to say after this video. Um, there's a lot to learn from Disney, and there's a lot to learn this morning from the tortoise and the hare. So... Uh, let's go ahead and check this screen out, and let's enjoy this video together. Some discussion questions. That's all we got. Uh, questions on your table and pieces of paper in front of you. First one is, consider the story of the tortoise and the hare. Share any thoughts that come to mind about how this story relates to the journey of life. Uh, another way we're going to talk about the journey of life today is the arc of life, meaning not, you know, a big boat, we're talking about um, start to finish. What does life look like when we look at it from the perspective of an arc like that or the journey of life? Second question, there is something to be said for how people finish. And in many ways, one's life is defined or remembered by their final seasons. In light of this, what can we learn from the final scenes of Jesus's life in Mark chapters 14, 15, and 16 how can and should these closing moments influence how we live our lives? If you need to take a few minutes to just kind of peruse those chapters, of course, do so. And then the third question is, how do people generally talk about the journey or the arc of life? What is often desired? What is often pursued? In light of these desires and pursuits, how do we structure our journeys? With that, I'll turn things over to you all. Introduce yourselves to each other if you haven't yet met one another. Um, we're going to talk for about 10 minutes or so. Uh, be a good share, be a better listener, and we'll see you soon.
All right, let's go ahead and share those final thoughts before we, before we close up here. Uh, thank you for being willing, once again, to discuss and, and listen to each other and uh, share ideas about um, today's content, of course, the scriptures, but the video we watched earlier as well. Um, I, I'd like to, to kind of shift our focus to, if you're familiar with the New Testament at all, the Apostle Paul is the author of a good portion of the New Testament through his different letters. So when you look at a, a, a book in the New Testament, for example, 1 Corinthians, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. He's writing to the Corinthians as if he was writing to the Peorians or something like that. And woven throughout his letters are themes of running races and pursuing goals that are set out. And if you're familiar with the scriptures at all, then you have perhaps heard, um, I've got four different verses that I'd like to share. Once again, this is woven throughout Paul's ministry. And it's interesting that these all come from different letters. So he's writing to different audiences of, of people. And yet, even though those are different groups, he has similar things to say. The first one might be the most well-known uh, saying of Paul's that he gives in uh, the book of 2 Timothy, where he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. You very well may have heard that before. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, Paul says, in a race, all of the runners run, but only one gets the prize. Um, just once again, piecing together this imagery, especially for the Corinthians in, um, you know, kind of a suburb of Rome, so to speak. And Rome, of course, is the birthplace of the Olympics, right? And physical feats and uh, different things like that. So, um, no, I guess it's not. Athens, Greece. Yeah. It's in the, it's in the vicinity, isn't it? Thank you. Um, Galatians 5, 7, this is Paul writing to the church in Galatia. He says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That's a, that's a question, right? So tortoise of the hare, it's those, those bunny girls, right? <laughs> but something that I find interesting in light of this verse from Galatians, it's, it, it was the hare that let that be a distraction, right? So, so the question, who cut in on you, could also be asked, who did you let cut in on you? Um, which is an interesting thing to talk about. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, Paul says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And interestingly enough, while Paul uses the words goal, just in that last verse, goal, prize, heavenward. This is what we know that he's talking about, is when he's talking about goal, he's talking about humble, sacrificial love. <laughs> so a lot of times we set goals and they benefit ourselves, right? I, I want to achieve this goal. I think this will help me, my household, whatever. But what we know, based on what we see in Paul is that the goal that he sets out for himself is humble, sacrificial love. When he's talking about prize, the, the prize to go for, 
he's talking about joining in with Christ in the suffering work of a martyr. That's a big sentence. But based on what we know about Paul's life, based on what we know about Christ's life, that is what Paul views as a prize, something worth pursuing, is joining in with the sacrificial work alongside of Christ. And when we're talking about heavenward, a lot of times we associate up with heaven. However, let's keep in mind that we believe that heaven is breaking into us down here, right? So in light of that, Paul, I think, is saying we seek first the kingdom and its righteousness. I I think that's what Paul is saying there. So it's not necessarily heavenward like I'm getting pulled out of here. I think it's just his mind is set on things above. So we have the Apostle Paul. We have Jesus Christ. And if you've ever heard of um, a guy named St. Francis of Assisi, um, our, our, our OSF employees know, know a ton about St. Francis, right? The founder of the hospital right up the street. Uh, no, he was a fourth century monk. And um, if you have ever heard of the, the branch of Christianity called Franciscans, um, these are going to be people that are heavily influenced by St. Francis, and there's a, uh, a Franciscan theologian, his name is Richard Rohr, and um, I've, I've shared some of his thoughts over the last year here at Reachway before. Um, he has a daily devotional in June of 2017. He's talking about what he and other theologians would call the path of descent, or what could also be called the way of the cross, or what could also be called the way of Christ. I think all of those are synonymous, this idea that um, there is a continual and increasing outpouring of one's life. We see this in these final scenes of Christ. And so this is what Richard Rohr has to say about the path of descent. Once again, descent meaning this arc and that there's a, there's a pouring out and there is a, there is a bend, a, a humble bend in one's life. He says, true liberation is letting go of our small selves, letting go of our cultural bias, and letting go of our fear of loss and death. That's what he's calling true liberation. Freedom is letting go of wanting more and better things. And it is letting go of our need to control and manipulate God and others. It is even letting go of our need to know and our need to be right, which we only discover with maturity. We become free. Listen to this. We become free as we let go of, not collect, but as we let go of three primary energy centers. Our need for power and control, he's laying it on thick. Our need for safety and security, and our need for affection and esteem. Thank you, Richard. As adults in our late 20s, my wife and I are already exposed to different perspectives on what the next 
25 to 40 years of our lives should look like. Because this, this, this is the period of time where you kind of make those decisions, right? We, we find ourselves sifting through different things like retirement, life insurance, long-term savings, equity, investments, ambitions, goals, dreams, and things like that. Um, we have received advice from many people that we know deeply love and care about us. Um, we've also seen examples, different examples, of, of what this looks like. Um, I just don't see Jesus and Paul having the same concerns. And that's what gets me every single time. Um, you may in the, um, I believe it was the third question, how do people generally talk about the journey or arc of life? You might have gotten into certain discussions about how life's supposed to come to a close, and I'm not even talking about our final living hours. I'm talking about what do those last um, 5, 10, 15 years look like? Um, when I look at Jesus, when I look at Paul, when I consider what people have to say about St. Francis, for example, I see a completely different set of priorities. Completely different. I mean, night and day, different set of priorities. And it's not that comfort, for example, is never met, right? Um, we believe that there is a comforter, that there's an advocate, right? The, the, the Spirit comforts, provides comfort and refuge. It's not that comfort never goes met, it's just that that wasn't priority one. Um, we read in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talking about our Heavenly Father, he says, he already knows what you need, and he'll provide those things for you. This is where he's talking about how we don't need to worry, right, if you're familiar with that passage. So the question I ask is, where is the line between providing things for myself and going after what I think I need and allowing God to really be the leader of this journey? That's the line that Ty and I have been wrestling with for, man, years, um, and also every day. <laughs> and, and every time we take a step to, to the new thing, that line gets readjusted and that line gets redefined. And I have a lot more questions than answers, that's for sure. And I have a lot more quotes about people smarter than me than my own. And uh, Disney and Technicolor even helps us as well. This is what I want to say. If, if you're ready for something new, and I don't know where this is going to land, if you're ready for something new, if you feel like there is more, then you just fill in the blank. If you feel like there's more something, if you're a little angsty, if you have some holy discontent with what you see around you, if you don't know what to do next, but you feel like something has got to give, I really want you to come with expectations on our next series that we're going to be having at Reachway. Of course, I'm talking about our our preaching series, our teaching series. Uh, the week after the block party, we're going to be starting a new series called Take the Lid Off. Um, I found myself staring at uh, 
the veggies I was cooking on the stovetop the other day. And, uh, I, you know, you buy them in the frozen bag, you throw them on the skillet, and then you put the lid on it, right? And steam forms, <laughs> is produced, and it builds up on the lid, it builds up on the lid, it builds up on the lid. And for a while, that steam is very helpful because it falls back down and it keeps cooking the vegetables. But at some point, that lid needs to come off. Otherwise, it's going to be saturated and it's going to be soggy. And we're talking about vegetables. Um, it's going to be nasty. It's, it's going to be not what you wanted. The lid's got to come off. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be spending some weeks talking about and trying to discover if there is a lid on an area of our lives that needs to come off. We're going to be looking at different stories of how Jesus interacts with people who had questions or needs. And we're going to be figuring out, is there an area in our lives where we want something new to happen and we feel like something has to give and what it might look like for us to take the lid off of that, believing in, in many ways that, that God is at work and that there's something bubbling beneath the surface and pressure is building up and, and steam is building up and, and something is going to be new once again and maybe it's time for us to let that go in our lives. So um, this is going to be starting the week after the block party. I'm looking forward to it. Um, if you're ready for something, you don't know what it is yet, maybe you know what it is, uh, this, this very well might be a series that will be helpful. So I want to put that on your radar. I believe it's September 8th is that, is that Sunday after the block party. Um, so... Be on the lookout for that. Um, however, we have today to deal with. We won't worry about tomorrow. Um, we're going to approach how we end with a moment of response. And this is something that if you've been to Reachway before, then there's been a moment of response. And um, almost every single time our response moment is around the communion table, um, we we share in a meal that Jesus himself institutes uh, at the Last Supper towards the end of his, of his ministry. And we read about this in those closing chapters of Mark. A lot of you already know what I'm about to say, but he applies extraordinary meaning to ordinary things. He takes things that were already in their life daily and he repurposes them for something just a little bit more. And he says, consider the bread that you have every single day, perhaps multiple times a day. He said, from now on, when you break bread, and when you're together, and when you're talking around the table, remember, this is Jesus saying, remember my body that was broken for you. Now, of course, the first time he's saying this, his body had not yet been broken. So they were entering into a very interesting conversation. We, however, consider his body broken for us, and and Jesus says, the next time you partake of the cup, um, remember and consider, this is Jesus saying, my blood that was poured out for you. 
We believe that some really meaningful things happen when we are able to take some time and remember. Um, Of course, remembering what he does on the cross and what is now made possible in light of the empty tomb, but we also, in addition to that, remember what he did for us maybe this morning, last week, last month, last year, 10 years ago. Uh, Earlier, Desiree encouraged us, go back to that time when you had the aha moment. And I was in the summer of 2005. Thanks, Desiree, for prompting us to do that. Those are important things to go back on. Um, Because it was at that moment for the first time where I had the aha moment that I was a friend of God. That was it for me. And maybe you'll have a reminder of an aha moment today. Maybe you'll have an aha moment yourself. Um, We also believe that when we take intentional steps on remembering what he has done, we believe that the Holy Spirit uses that and motivates us to take another step. Particularly helpful thing when we're talking about running races and and pursuing goals and things like that. Um, You got to got to move in order to run that race somehow, some way. And so what we hope and believe is is that his spirit will be with us and is with us, speaking to us on what that looks like. So I'd invite Tom and Desiree. They're going to lead us in a final song in just a moment. And and as we have this moment of response, you're, you're invited to and encouraged to do a few things. First is take advantage of this moment. I hope that these are moments of peace ultimately for us, especially this moment of response. And, and I don't know how unpeaceful and noisy your life gets even when you walk out these doors on Sunday mornings. I don't know if it's that of an instant of a turnaround, but if it is, let us enter into this moment um, believing that it can shape the week to come. You'll also be invited and and encouraged if you are ready for what's next um, or ready in a way where you might not even know what's going to happen, but you're ready for it. You're open to it. This is a meal that you're invited to participate in. Um, We have an open table here, believing that even a moment of salvation can take place in this moment. Um, So... We don't hold that back from anyone. Um, So just a moment. I'll I'll pray for us, and then we'll have a song together and share in this meal. If you would stand with me. Um, Father, we are grateful that you are here with us, and we are grateful that you speak. So help us hear in these moments and in the moments to come. We would love nothing greater than to hear from you and what you would have for us. So speak freely in these moments. We thank you for being here. In Jesus' name, amen.